Good evening. After a long break, um, and the truth is that bitachon, faith, trust is very important throughout the year. But this time of year, Elul, it's super duper important. It's super duper. It's super duper important because uh, first of all, you have to have a moon on Rosh Hashanah. What does a moon on Rosh Hashanah mean? So I actually told us to the men last night that uh, it brings down this farmer. Repinka says, as other people bring this down as well, that Rosh Hashanah is a Yamtav of Amuna. What do you mean Yamtav Amuna? The more we are cognizant what Rosh Hashanah is, the more we take advantage of Rosh Hashanah. So imagine the following thing. If I would tell anyone in this house, anyone in this room, that in the next three weeks, you will be judged. You have, you have, you have a God forbid, but just for the metaphor, you have cancer, and you're either going to die. <laughs> no, don't don't sweat the small stuff, or you're going to be cured in the next three weeks. And three weeks from today is your surgery. So, I've experienced this dealing with people in hospitals like this. I can tell you how they live those three weeks. Any merit they can get. Now this is health. They, they ask for brochas, they're giving, uh, religious people ask for, give charity, they're doing anything, they're having Tehillim groups, they're anything and everything they can get. And if, if, if Sloan Kettering has the best medicine, they go to Sloan Kettering, if the Mayo Clinic, they the Mayo Clinic, anything and everything they can get. If I said in three weeks that your house is being foreclosed on, are you going to lose your house? You're going to lose your house. And you have three weeks to get the money to pay it off. In other words, you're going to have a house and your credit's going to be ruined for life. In three weeks, that's going to be decided. So who in their right mind wouldn't be going crazy for this? Um, actually, you know who got, you know who got engaged today? Anyone know the Shlomo Zalman, the boy from Switzerland, Switzerland from Italy? Yes. So he got engaged. So he emailed me today, he got engaged. He was so excited. You know, he used to come here visit. He used to bring flowers. The, uh, the yeah. Did he really? Yeah. I got, he, he he called me also. I wasn't here. I saw his numbers. He's so you, 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 if, if you ever meet a person, right? You ever meet a person who wants to get married, who's so anxious to get married? If he knew in three weeks, if you could meet somebody to get married, it would be determined. Unbelievable. Yeah, a person wants to have a baby. If in three weeks there will be a good percent chance to have a baby. It's a treatment. It's only available in three weeks. Per- so Rosh Hashanah says the Svarim bring down is a Muna. The more we realize that everything I just said is true, well, our health is going to judge Rosh Hashanah, our finances, our uh, who's going to have children, or what's going to happen with our children. Everything's in Rosh Hashanah. The more we know that, the more we know that, the better Rosh Hashanah is going to be. The more we realize what's at stake in Rosh Hashanah, the more seriously we'll treat it. The more more merits we'll look for, the, the better we'll prepare ourselves. The more we'll invest in it. I remember last year, somebody told me that they were going to go. I'll say who it was. To they're going to go to Santa Cruz on a Sarasimay Chuva. So I looked at the person. I said, "Are you out of your mind?" Are you crazy? You're going to miss a minion during a Sarasimi Chuva? Do, do you know what's happening on Yom Kippur? Do, do, do you think? <laughs> I said it nicely, don't go right? <laughs> I like the cross. I said, are you crazy? Do you believe in Yom Kippur? I mean, do you, do you honestly believe that on Yom Kippur your, your, your entire year is going to be set up? Right? I, what, what was the point? Because if you really believe in Yom Kippur, you wouldn't be going for a vacation in the middle of a Sarasimi Chuva. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long time to over again. You know, you wouldn't be missing Minion and Kriya Satira and everything else on the Sarah Sinai Chuba. If you believed in Hashem, if you believe in Yom Kippur, that's not what you're doing on Sarah Sinai Chuba. Right? So to the extent that we know Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur is, that's how much it is. That's partially the Tachan. That means to, to believe in Torah. To, but also means to know that if we do our part, we do our Hishtabas we do what we're supposed to do, then we're guaranteed success. The Tachon also means a person, you know, what are, what's the first thing we do after Yom Kippur? The first thing we do after Yom Kippur, 
Asuda. Well, besides the actually that's after. We eat a Suda. You're supposed to have a, it's actually, the Ramah brings down based on a Medrash. We have a Suda. We, we eat. We have meats. We can have wine. We, we, we rejoice after Yom Kippur. Why do we rejoice after Yom Kippur? Why do we have a Suda? So, because the Medrash says that if we do Tshuva, we're guaranteed success. We're ga- we should be rejoicing. Which means if we do our part, we do what we're supposed to, we're guaranteed to success. That takes me talking with to know somebody called me up today. And they said to me, they had a question, an older person, and they said they always get nervous of doing the wrong thing. So I said to the person, I said to the person, said, this is what you should do, what you're doing is okay, and you shouldn't be nervous. If you have, when you do the right thing, you should never be nervous. means, if you're not sure, clarify. But once you, once you do that, right, you should have confidence in what you're doing. You shouldn't be nervous. Bitacho means, in this case, is if we do tshuva, we try our best, we should rejoice in that. <laughs> we should uh, uh, feel good that we did what we were supposed to do. And that's all Hashem wants from us, actually. I once saw a beautiful shot of um, Shlomo Karbach. You heard of Shlomo Karbach, Mrs. Hartman? Yes. You heard of him? Just making sure. Bangly. Yeah. Uh, once, upon a time. once upon a time. So he, he says he, he asks the question. He says, "Why do the first thing after Yom Kippur the men daven myrav and we say hurachum yechaperav and the guy should forgive our sins?" The first, literally, what happens is you blow the shofar. Yom Kippur ends. Yom Kippur ends, and you blow the shofar, and you do a little dance. Lashana habab yushalayim, and then hurachum. I mean, what are you saying God should forgive us? We just had Yom Kippur. We're clean. So Shalapan Karbach said, you know what the sin you have to be forgiven for is? Thinking that our tshuva wasn't accepted. Have any, having any feeling, like, I, I did my part on Yom Kippur and my tshuva wasn't accepted. That, if we do our part, Hashem will give exactly what's right for us. We have to do our part. And that's why having a moon on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur is very important. <laughs> Taking it seriously is very important. Actually, I'll quote Mrs. Stolen, who told me a couple Sundays ago, she said, with this Iran deal, she says she's going to do her part. She's going to fight against it, spread news against the rallies, about rallies against this deal, constant contact, and then she's done her part. She she can feel, that's what she's supposed to feel. We do our part. We're going to be talking about Hashem. The rest. So that's actually a good prelude to what we're talking about today. We're not talking about Rosh Hashanah Kippur today. But, yes? Admitting that we don't realize how powerful Yom Kippur is. We don't realize. Just like. It's a sin. It's a sin. It's a slight sin of not believing the power of our own shuva to become new people. Right. That's a psha- That's an explanation, by the way. It doesn't mean that's Torah from Sinai. It's how Shlomo Karbach's explanation. Oh, oh, okay. But it's a nice. It's a nice okay, explanation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. yeah. Okay. So it comes into what we're talking about now. So we, we we had left off talking about money, good old money, uh, and we're going to pick up with money and be talking as well. We had talked about previously, but the last couple of weeks about picking your job. Picking up a parnasa, doing our due diligence, making our proper efforts, just like with our health. You can't just say, make me healthy, right? You gotta take care of your body, and then you can be talking about Hashem with your health, or with your children's health, if you're, or, or if you're a parent watching over for them. The same thing was with money. So, Pirish Chela Kashini is Kinyani Ha'adam. Man's possession. The Sibos, by the way, I, I think like now that I own a house, it's like it's, I can actually appreciate the Mishnah. It says Mar Benachasim, Mar Benagim. The more you own, the more you worry about. Right? It's actually it's like a different dimension of worry. Right? You need more bitachon. You start thinking like this is my property. I can I can lose this. What, what, what if there's an earthquake? What if there's this? You know, like, you know, there's a million things. I can get take care of the grass, taxes. I mean. Uh, I had something, whatever, you know, the, the stock market, there's a million things to worry about. The Avni Askov and Mishar Malacha, dealing in business, we're going to discuss that today, Halichas Bedrachim, 
right? There are people who take jobs. Perhaps these jobs are the wrong jobs. They, they take jobs where they're away from home months during the year. In the old days, if you would have lived in the, in the 11th century, when this author lived, you could have had a job where you were at home for many months on end and you'd come back. Many, many months and you go traveling to the other side of the world. They didn't have jetliners. Traveling was dangerous. It was dangerous. There were bandits. There was shipwrecks. Right? There was, you could be kidnapped and there was no embassies to save you. Right? There's nothing. There, there's, there's, there was real worries. What's proper diligence? Right? Going to coal mines to do, is that a good job? Right? You're putting your, your life in danger perhaps. Okay? Being a, a, a soldier, a policeman maybe. Who knows? This is, these are, right? What's considered not a, a good occupation based on that. Ominis Kirsubikidas, working for the kings, um, all of these type of things. Ominia Avoyas Valichas and Barsiyaman, traveling for, uh, in, in dangerous areas. Which a person does to acquire money, but more than money. To have a good, not just a car. But a good car, not just a house, but a nice house, not just clothes, but designer clothes. Now we'll see what one person's luxuries is another person's necessities. Not everyone is the same over here, and certain certain things which you can perhaps do without, you, you'll be less effective if you have without. You know, um, like in my house, I always tell my wife, she you know we have a budget. You know, which now we're more limited. So, like, you know, you have seven kids. If you don't have cleaning help, right? If you don't have cleaning help, it's cr- you, you might, we can't function. Right? It's not, it's not, it's not a luxury. You know, it's have seven kids. Even with cleaning help, right? You know, a couple times a week, it's it's literally, you know, it's right? that's not a luxury. So someone else, it's a luxury. It's not a luxury. That's that's the normalcy. If you have, you have the luxury, that's what you need to have. You know, or or you know, you have a. Uh, a dysfunctional home at some level for most people, especially the other things going on. So, for somebody else who, unfortunately, has uh, just themselves by their house and they have a little apartment, so maybe you don't need a cleaning help because your situation is different. So, not just in a house and number of kids. Some people need a comfortable bed because they can't sleep at night. It's not a luxury. That's what they need to sleep. Right? Some people are very nervous drivers and they need certain types of cars to drive safely. So we'll get into what's really a luxury and what's really a necessity. And that somebody, it doesn't always correlate from different people, right? Some people, they function better with certain things. So that's okay. That, that would be not a luxury, that would be necessity. However, nothing comes for free. Right? Nothing, you know, money takes time, energy. Right? takes involvement. So we will see that also we have persist to weigh this out. That's part of Bitochan uh as well. So what's the proper Bitochan when you're dealing with these type of things with Hashem? She's asking just, you know we said before, we we, we do our part of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur and we, we rely on Hashem. We don't sit there and worry, you know, oh maybe Hashem won't forgive me. Right? I always always tell I Today I get it less, although now there's a whole generation of people dating now, so Baruch Hashem, like the young people in the shul's kids dating, I'm getting a lot of phone calls about Shaduchim and these type of things. But when I was, when I was in Shiva, I used to counsel a lot of people. And you, you, when they go dating, I always used to tell them like this. You have a zivog. Right? You have someone you're supposed to marry. So what does that mean? Are you going to be nervous? Oh, maybe I'm going I'm I'm to say the wrong word and she's going to say no. I'm going to do the wrong thing. I'm going to take her on the wrong date and it will end up being a no because of that. So the, the, uh, a Jew, a from Jew, what do they do? They, they, they do proper due diligence to get married. That means dressing nicely. Boys have to know this. They have to brush their teeth. They have to, you know, have to learn how to put on a tie correctly. They have to ask their sisters what's a nice restaurant to take. If they don't have sisters, you know, ask somebody else's sister. You gotta know where girls would like to go to, right? Girls don't necessarily want to play knock hockey with boys or, you know, do boy things. So you find out what's, you know, proper etiquette for dating. And then you be yourself, right? You're not, you know, you're not going to lose out by not being yourself. So if you have to work on something, 
let's say a boy tends to cut off a girl, right? Or, or, or you know, is, is, is rude, or rude to people. So it's to work on being a more refined person. But after you've done your due diligence, you're not going to lose out. How do you lose out in life? You lose out by not doing what you're supposed to do. By making poor decisions. Right? By having the wrong priorities sometimes. I know somebody, a single individual, this person is, I'm not, and to, don't take it the wrong way, I'm not against bald people, but, <laughs> but he's bald, he's older, he's okay, and the person imagines, I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm trying to tell this person, Persons imagines that they're going to marry Esther Hamalko, this beautiful lady, like, the, who is intelligent, and lively, beautiful. and beautiful, and refined, I mean, this guy, I don't want to call him a shmagegi, but he's, you know, he's no Don Juan. I mean, like, so, if you're, if this guy is, you know, an older gentleman, an older gentleman, and, he's, and he thinks he's going to marry someone significantly younger, who, has every, who can date any man she wants, most likely. I mean, you're living in La La Land. I mean, so, you got, you, you got to, you, you got to change your priorities, because otherwise you'll never get, You'll never get married, but once we have our priorities straight, priorities straight, we have a clear head. We do our due diligence. We're successful. Same things by business, right? We gotta do proper business. If you're running a store, if you're in a business, if you're running a house, you gotta do your due, due diligence um, to make a living. Now, if you're in America and you have kids, you, know, you have to pay tuitions. <laughs> you need more money, so you gotta figure out. Well, what does it cost to live? I always tell, I get people asking to come to the Bay Area. So, I get calls off, and most of them are not shy. You know why? They can't afford this place. You know? Somebody called me from the Midwest. Right? Now, in the Midwest, you can buy a house for $150,000. $125,000. That's Detroit. This is Milwaukee. <laughs> so, Detroit, Detroit, you can buy a block for $200,000. <laughs> you know? Kansas also, right? But but they make less money, and you have to live in these places which are cold yeah. and ugly. But but the bottom line is is you can't have a job. Let's say you're and I know anyone's this a social worker, right? You're a social worker. You are you're the sole breadwinner, and you're a school teacher. Now, I know school teachers make a somewhat a living; they have pensions. But you cannot live it on one salary as a school teacher. In the Bay Area, you just so you can't. Oh, be talking to Hashem. You be talking. You can't make it. It doesn't make sense. You may be able to live as a school teacher in Detroit, right? But you can't live as a school teacher or in Kansas or in Milwaukee. There's no way you can live it here. You need, you're going to need some other way to make it. If that's your only job, then you better think of something else. It's just not going to make it. Right? If you if you have to do, make a wedding or two or three or four. So you're going to have to get other means of making money. There, the, 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 you can't take a job that doesn't pay. You know, I always, when I'm dealing with young girls who want to marry cold people in certain circles, so I ask them, like, you want to marry cold? Are your parents going to help you out? Like, do your family support? No, I'm going to work. So they tell me, I say, what do you want to be? So if a girl tells me she wants to be a teacher... So they're good, they're qualified, great, but you know, you, it's going to be pretty hard after a couple of years. I mean, first of all, you have kids. Second of all, it, it's not going to pay maybe for your first couple of years of marriage. But if you want to learn for five years and you have kids, and certainly if you want your husband to be a rabbi, it's going to be a little bit difficult to make it under those circumstances. So either you're going to be you know, willing to live very, very simple, or you're going to say, this cannot work. You'll become... You know, I'm not saying she has to do this. A speech therapist. <laughs> You'll pay, get paid more money, right? You'll be a, a CPA. You get more money. If you work for Ernst & Young, you may, have, you may have worse hours, though, right? So you got to cash it out. You know, if you want to be a lawyer as a lady or a doctor, you can make significantly more hours, but you have another problem. What's your other problem? The hours are rigorous, and you have children. So, But you got to know what, what what's normal hashtalis to make it. You can't, you can't, not do normal due diligence and say I have a tough one. Normal due right? And Mrs. Stone says, you know, I'll trust Obama. Do you trust Obama? <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, uh, 
Uh, because of Iran. Iran. You, you, were, you're, you and Alex are the, the leading attack over here. I get more emails from both of, the, both of you on Iran than anyone else. And you've inspired a lot of us to, to do. But here's the point. If you imagine, you know, APAC, right? Let's look at APAC right now. APAC, wherever you hold about this deal, I'm not going to say publicly on this. I think it's terrible deal. But I didn't say that publicly. Right? So, APAC's putting tens of millions of dollars into this to fight them, right? And they're, oh, you and all these organizations are fighting. A good dog, blah, blah, blah. Do you, do you know why they have to put so much money to fight them? You have the person in the White House pushing this deal without any... You can't just say, okay, well, we'll lay back and we'll, 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 we'll send an email, one email to one congressman and we'll stop the deal. That's not how you stop this deal. you got to put full effort. Now, like we discussed previously, you have to have lots of prayers, whether it's on Parnassa, whether it's to have children, whether it's to get married, whether it's to have a living. That's... You know, he actually emailed me Shlomo Zalman after getting engaged today. It was 99% prayer, 1% established. Right? But, but, at the end of the day, you need that 1% of doing uh, the, the right thing. It's not always 1%. What? It's not always oh, no, hey, Steph, it's, much, it's, it's the 1% is the, it has to be the correct percent. That's what he said. If, it's, if you don't do what's correct, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Now let's say you do your due diligence to make what you need. And you get more. Right? You get more. Right? So you should realize that you've done your due diligence. And don't, you know, if you have what you need, okay, if you're, let's say, a nine to six job, right? You're working for, no one in this room works for this company, so I'll pick this company, Facebook. So Facebook pays $300,000 for an engineer, okay? I'm making that up. What? I have no idea. Uh, they probably do, because something like that. Some of these jobs, right? So some uh, engineer? Uh? Not everybody. Uh? Not everybody. Facebook? Oh, they're paying well, at least three. No, well, even these young, these young people from their t- late twenties are making a lot of money. You'd be surprised. They're making a lot. Not the older people. The people that are twenty-five to thirty-five out of Stanford or a Harvard, whatever it is. Imagine, imagine they're paying thirty thousand. Okay, you want you're going to put Jacob back to work for Facebook now? I say all of a sudden, right? So uh, that's your job. So we're not talking about that. But let's say, let's say you have a job where you make money per hour. And it comes at a cost. It comes at, at, at your family's expense. It comes for Tom and Toro's expense. Right? Or you're in Facebook now and you have a job that pays $300,000 a year. And you can go for vice president. Because what happens is there's a huge mountain and you can make $2 million a year. But to do that, you're going to have to work at least two hours a day more for the next five years. And it's a Maybe. It's a maybe. So if you can live on $300,000 a year, right, what are you doing to yourself to get to that two million? Why would you do that? If $300,000 is not enough to live on, because you have 12 kids and you have to get married, and or whatever reason, so then they change your equation, but if you could live on $300,000 a year, and why work two hours a day more for five years Lose out seeing your children, yeah, your wife, seeing, being stressed, affecting your physical health. Right? And it's, you may not, may or may not get it. You may or may not get it. I'll tell you a true story. Just to, of how money goes. Um, I, a relative of mine was involved. He bought like a second type of house. It's not, uh, I don't think it was known to this person. I was in a house in an area and they spent like two years designing this house. Two years designing this house. And literally, whenever they go shopping, they would look to design this house. You know, it wasn't their, their, their house where they were. So their children or grandchildren whoever would be there wouldn't mess. So it was a nice, like, you know, small, beautiful house. Two years designing it. One day, a pipe burst, ruined the whole house. Now, 
insurance will cover all of the expenses, but you know all the time and energy it took to build that house? It's gone. Like, completely gone. Gone. Decimated. Like, it's like, you know, so a person gives up so much for, for extra, and you question why. What do you get from it? Now, again, if you need that to live on some people, if you have a sick child, I know somebody uh, that has a, a child that needs a lot of help, and it's going to cost them a lot of money for the rest of their lives. Right? So maybe they need that extra money. So that changes the calculation. Right? But if you can live on comfortably what you need, why do that to yourself for more? And that's the author saying. If you're at the level where you can live what you need, why try to push yourself for more for what you don't need? You're giving up your life. You're giving up your children. You're hurting your physical health, which is what happens when you work harder. You have less time to enjoy what you have. Now, the second thing is, is if you're doing the right job and you've done the proper hishtalas and you don't get enough money, right? You're doing more hishtalas will not help you. It means if you're doing what you're supposed to do, right? I'm going to pick on pars, okay? I'm going to pick on pars. You know I'm going to pick on pars? Because you have a business, so it's easy to pick on. A business is 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 is, is, is a good example. So a person has a uh, has a business, right? So if you're not managing the business correctly, so you're not doing proper hashtalas, right? If pars is imagine uh, trying to have a kosher store, and uh, they're buying a hechsher that very few people use, so they use they're buying, you know, not recommended hechsherim, or it's smelly. You go in there and the food smells. Not the parts would ever do this. Yeah. Or every time you walk in there, you see cockroaches. For the record, this is all not true. Parts smells great. They have great hachshirim. It's clean. It's nice. There's great service, right? You can ask my wife. Kids get lollipops. They get personal service. They'll put things aside for you. They'll order for you. All great. But let's imagine somebody doesn't run it like parts, right? So, when there are businesses like that, right? Um, they don't market it correctly. They don't. They're not friendly when you walk in there. So, the fact that you're not making a, a good living has nothing to do with Hashem. It's up to you. You, you've messed up. You're not running your business correctly. But now let's imagine it's like parts. You're running your business. You know, it's clean. It's nice. It's good customer service. You have good hachsherim. There's no cockroaches, right? No cockroaches. Baruch Hashem, right? Everything. Everything's perfect. So, if you say this. Uh, the store, a normal store like Pars, should be open nine to six, right? Not, whatever it is, they're open ten to eight. Where, 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 nine to eight. Nine to eight. Okay, you open nine in the morning to eight. Okay. So nine to eight. So it's open nine to eight. So let's say imagine most people don't go shopping nine to ten at night. Let's imagine. So, but you want to make, maybe I'll make more money. So that, or, or most people don't, you know, do things which are far-fetched, right? Ways to make money. But you, you want to go running around to do something. So that would be improper. That extra effort, if you're doing what you're supposed to do. I really have Somebody really calling after nine or ten. So we need to go open for Somebody calls you about the store to yeah. open up. You call you call your private number. Yes. You, you could open the Is store for them. So, so if so, look, somebody calls somebody calls up late after the store closes. So as a general rule, if the store is closed, you shouldn't know come back tomorrow. If you don't come back, it's not meant to be. You the reason you close the store is. You want to spend time with your kids. You have to help her with her homework. Ron, I don't know if he's to help him with his homework yet. Still, he's still is in college now, right? You want to spend time with your family. Let's say it's Rami. He wants to learn Torah. Right? You want to relax so you have more strength. You know, if you if you're a shmata, I know myself. I don't get enough sleep, so you start getting edgy. Like you start like you know you're cranky. I don't get that cranky, but you know you see people like they you know. So you take care of yourself. 
once in a while, is there an exception to that rule? Of course there is. If you go do a chesed, somebody is marrying off their kid the next day. So you're doing it for chesed. Right? You're doing it as a kindness. Now, if somebody wants to buy $20,000 in merchandise, and they call you at 9.30, then open up the store for them. You know, you know that, that, that's maybe, you know, they will save up for Or's wedding, you know. Uh, yeah, but, uh, but as a general rule, no, that's not proper style list. You know, you got to do, you have to have your boundaries, you have to do what, what a store needs to run. And you know the story with uh, Rashi's father, right? I said this, uh, actually, maybe I should give this class here. I gave, a, I spoke last year in Brooklyn for one of these women's groups when I was there on Erev Shabbos. So there's a famous story that Rashi's father used to close a store every Friday Erev Shabbos at Chatzais. Chatzais. Actually, I think it's back. It was the Ramaz's father, excuse me. Ramosha Islis's father. He would close the store every, every Friday at Chatzais. At one time, a Gentile came in and he was ordering and ordering and ordering and ordering and restocking an order like the Ramaz father never gave but the Ramaz father said he had a rule every Friday he closed his business so he prepared for Shabbos you know how the Ramaz father prepared for Shabbos he went to the mikvah he got dressed in Shabbos clothes early he took the table he helped with his wife with the food he said shir hashirim he learned the parsha all this so he would have a real Shabbos now imagine uh, someone from the Polish nobility that lives in Krakow lives in Krakow um, lives in Krakow you know comes there and wants to keep buying and buying but the Ramaz father had a stringency you know it's a you like to have your store open after Chatzos on Friday of course you could but the Ramaz father had, a, a, had made a decision that he wanted to prepare for Shabbos early now that decision was being conflicted by a, a humongous tremendous tremendous um uh, ability to make money. So he told the gentleman, listen, to buy what you want now because I'm closing the store. The gentleman said, if I don't get the rest of my order what I want, I'm walking out and leaving this all here. And his father said, I'm sorry. I, I, my store closes at that size. So I, there's different opinions. Some say he had a dream that he'd have a great son. Others said when his son became the Ramah, he said it was all in, in, the, in this merit and his son became so great in Torah Moshe Israelis you know what Israelis his last name Israelis is son of Isser his, his, his merit came from that but the point is is that he had his priorities you know when I got when I even now in my house during dinner time I have dinner with my wife and kids right we try to every night have family dinner it doesn't always work but that's the, the often I don't answer the phone no one answered my office answer the phone either. <laughs> right? We screen our calls. If something's an emergency, we'll pick it up. Right? But it's dinner time. It, the, the, so why don't I answer the phone if it's dinner time? Because my wife and my kids have priority at that point. Right? So what if somebody has a million dollar deal for me? That would be nice. Maybe, maybe I'll pick up the phone. Right? If somebody calls with a million dollars, or if you have a million dollars, you take in the next five minutes, and maybe I'll pick up the phone. But, uh, no, I don't know. I'll be like the Ramah's father. No, nope. <laughs> it's supposed to be. Yeah, most people who call don't yeah. don't are, are not cognizant. When somebody's calling me at eleven o'clock at night and it has nothing to do with something that's needed at eleven o'clock at night, so that's probably a little bit inappropriate. I wouldn't tell that to the person. The person's not thinking through what what's what what what's not really necessary. But we'll, we all do that. That's you know, it's not the end of the world. But you know, often people don't even know, or people don't respect, whatever it may be. But the point is, to answer your question, we do our due diligence, and then we rely on Hashem for uh, the, the rest. We trust in Hashem that after we've done what we're supposed to do to make money, Yimsa, Menuchas Libo, will be calm, Shavas Nafsha will be collected. Nothing's going to happen. We're getting exactly what we're supposed to get. We've done our part. However, it happens, at times, God gives one person a lot of money to give stalker. 
Right? They get a lot of money. It's not just for them. Tonight, actually, I think tonight, the biggest bought stock in Los Angeles' is daughter is getting married. If you ever heard of her, Shlomo Yudarechnitz, the man gives millions of dollars a year in stucco. Millions and millions of dollars of this. And we can use it in San Jose. <laughs> oh, we can use it in San Jose. We filled up. We had a guy like that. A guy bankrolls the schools there. You know, helps out. Had a whole shidduch campaign in LA. He's, a, he's actually the chairman of the board of Chavetz Chaim Heritage Foundation. You know, and of multiple other organizations. So he is a person. He doesn't live luxuriously. He lives comfortably. You know, but he views his father-in-law actually is when the Gedele of America. He's, he's the son-in-law of Belsky, um, and he owns nursing homes and all kinds of stuff. Actually, owns a nursing home in, up here, uh, in Oakland area. Some of his guys have come here before to, to when they when they go work. So I mean, I know people who work with him. Very, very big bald stuck up. But he, he views the money is not really his. It's he's given it to distribute, right? You're, it's not just his. Um, so, what does he do? Who owns about eighty nursing homes? That helps, um, and medical supplies and other things. Probably by now he's diversified. You know, I'm, uh, I'm not his financial planner so exactly, but he's. He, he started with nursing homes and all that type of stuff. Viasma as I mean, Asibus when the mirror, like the mirror had a problem a couple of years ago, he had five million dollars to the mirror, just like bam, like that. But Kamel Shumach Sar. So people, people who have responsibilities, fellows. If you're a king, if you're a sar, or Mishdam Chat Lasra Asibus Kibbutz Hamamim Ipam Tovim, right? And you're in a position. Um, of power. Now, sometimes it's because of your, your your wealth. Sometimes it's because of your position. And the challenge in this situation, we'll flip it next week when you talk about a person who's dependent upon others. But the challenge, if you are the giver, if you're in the position of giving, is that people stumble in one of three ways. Echanehem, because someone where a person has a lot of money. Um, what happens when you see people very big in business very often they become crooked, crooked. Right? they're used to making money they're in positions where they know this, how to manipulate the money and often they like you hear about these billionaires who don't pay their workers, you know, or or who are illicit in business, right? What's that? What's that? You know, uh, Wall Street. You know, Gordon Gecko. Inside Gatsby's. trading scandal. Everyone who was indicted was drilled. And that scandal. And all people well, who had skills insider, who now insider trading. Insider trading years ago. Michael Milken and that whole. Oh, the junk bonds. The junk bonds. Inside trading, inside trading happens all the time, right? But you mean the junk bonds? Were obviously well educated. They were skilled. They did their job. They knew how to do it. Right. And some of you said that at some point it wasn't even about they had more money than they could possibly ever need. It was just the fact that they could do it. Right. So, so exactly that. Right. And they started. They didn't start off doing it that way. So what happens is, is, is when they get in this position, it's easy. To start getting corrupted by it, and you then you, you the money becomes its own god, mm-hmm. and what happens is, is you make decisions which are crooked, illicit, not just right. You take advantage of people or of things. So, and what happens is you lose your money and you lose yourself. Yeah, but if you would do what Hashem wants, if you look at Ma'as Hashem, then you would keep in Tairaso, you would keep your Torah, and you would lose yourself and your money. You wouldn't spend time in jail. Like those people in the junk bond scandal, or Bernie Madoff, or other people like that, happened. And you wouldn't lose out. So the first thing is when you're involved in power, you know, or in a position of power, or you're hiring people, or you're the boss, you always have to remember that even though, because what happens is when you're, when you're so powerful, you're so rich, you get an inflated sense of ego, and you lose perspective on on, you know, on doing things the right way, doing things correctly. Procedure is important. 
being honest is important. Not every way of making money is kosher. Right? Not, not, there are ways to treat other people. There are things, right? And if you lose that, you can not only lose your money, you can lose who you are in the process. You could become a terrible, crooked person in the process. Actually, I mentioned last night to the gentleman, when I look at both the Republican and the Democratic leaders currently, I, I'm disgusted. I mean, the Clintons are, 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 are lawless. They have no concept of laws. They have, like, literally, you look at that, whether it's the Clinton Foundation or this email scandal, I mean, they just have no, no compunction, <laughs> you know, you know, how, how that laws matter to them as well. The, the Clintons also have to follow all la- laws. Right? Yeah, they, they're, they're, but they're, they're it's, it's sleazy, but it's, it's power corrupting. It's literally, you know, and people, Absolutely. And I look at and I look at Donald Trump as well. And the guy, I, the guy has you know even if you like his viewpoints, which many of them are correct and others are questionable what he holds, but I mean the man doesn't know how to treat people. He starts twittering about ladies and this. I mean, how do you? How does he think he's going to get away with this? <laughs> because he gets his way. So he, he has no no. I would hate for either of these people to be president. I hate. I would never want Donald Trump to be president. I wouldn't want my kids to see that kind of person running this country. A low life. He's a low life. Guy twitters bad mouthing people publicly like he does, calling anyone who doesn't like making fun of them. I, I, I wouldn't want to be his worker. <laughs> I'd hate to work for the man, right? You see how he treats people, right? I mean, the man that's coming from power corrupting, right? Between inflated sense of who you are just like anything and everything goes right. so you can make that you can treat people ill you can do illicit things you can imagine you can get away with things right. Lord Acton said power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely corrupts absolutely right? totally, so you're dealing with money and you can so what happens very often you have to you, have to, you get corrupted and also when, you're, when people are dependent upon you all of a sudden, you can justify being Robin Hood. Listen, I have to feed my kids. You know how expensive tuition is? You know, do you know who I'm employing? I, re- I employ Jews. I'm, I'm a benefactor to so many organizations. Do you see my name? I'm supporting the poor. I'm giving so I can... So, in order to do that, I need, sometimes you have to play a little bit of games. First thing is, when, you, even, when you're that kind of person, you have to remember that the only way... His honesty is following Hashem's Torah, not crooked ways, not deceitful ways, and not ways where you hurt individuals you're not supposed to hurt. Vashani, and the second thing is, uh, when you get money, and you're in this position, this person who gets the money thinks it's his money. It's my money. It's my money. Now, I'm not talking about communism, or socialism, where other people say, your money is my money. What about Bernie Sanders as president? I would never want him as president either. I would be terrified. I would, I would be terrified if he was right. president. We were talking about socialism. Right. right. But, but not because of him. Actually, I look at him as an honest guy. He is an honest guy, just out of his mind. Um, so, uh, right, you know... I'm not endorsing anyone, but I can all say But it's not your money is my money, but when we get our money, right, when we get our money, it's not all our money, right? We're not supposed to view all our money as ours, right? Some of our money is to give to our wives and our children, uh, staka, charity. It's not just our money, uh, but we were, my money, I earned it. I, 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 that's a, a lightning bolt. Right? Um, the person, when they make money, tends to be this. But, when a person gets money from Hashem, one is for himself, who that God gives us what we need. That everyone gets for what they are need. That's uh, Hashem says you do your diligence to get what you need. Hasheni is your wife and your children. If you have servants, 
the not everybody gets enough to feed their whole family right? and therefore it's a school member sometimes you have enough and sometimes you don't have to sometimes you need to uh, rely on tuition aid or help right? or, or other things to get it because you can't make it completely but when we do get it we have to know that you know if if for all the husbands listening, you get your paycheck. It's also to buy your wife flowers for Shabbos, or to buy her new gowns for Rosh Hashanah, right? Or if if you if she needs help in the house, get her cleaning help. It's not it's not for right. It's it's not just your money, right? It's partially hers. So when you're getting that, if your if your kid needs tutoring, <laughs> part of it, it's not like oh, I could be going on vacation, I have to pay for tutoring for my kid. Oh, I have to get paid for, for, for braces. Right? My, my, I'm going to be on my third child braces. I have to remind myself about this. Right? Uh, I'm joking. So, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, Hashem is giving it to you. It's like, I, I'm, I have to pay for braces? No, part, part of the reason you, you made that money is to get, pay for your kid's braces because your kid needs braces. It's not your money which you're giving to your daughter. Right? Right? It, that money is partially for that as well. Right? When you get, uh, a, 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 someone asks you for tzedakah, it's the same, it's the same thing when we'll see that in a second. Um, Vashlishi, uh, and for chesed. Um, uh, 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 and the third thing is, um, each person saves up. Um, is that the money you get could end up here or there? Which means like this: your person imagines that they could always control where, 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 who gets their money, right? There are people who collect a lot of money and, you know, they don't enjoy it. They die young or they get divorced. You know, in California, what happens? The guy works, but it's community property. It's 50-50, right? guy works like a dog or the woman works like whatever and then they get divorced and this person who you hate <laughs> when you get divorced but this week's partial is divorce I'm not yeah. it's not in the Jewish not uh, no I'm not endorsing that uh, anyone who's listening and thinking about that speak to me as soon as possible but here's the point right the, this guy works he works in a law office he works crazy hours ruins his marriage ruins his marriage in the process right and he ends up getting divorced and half of his assets are lost <laughs> right it goes to somebody who at this point doesn't have a relationship with anymore right I'm not saying it's the wrong thing in many circumstances but you don't know where things end up right you know a person doesn't know where their their money could end uh, uh, end up being the right um so the second thing is a person to know when they get money so the first thing is when you have money you have to be honest second thing you get money it's not just your money right you don't control you don't have complete control where that money goes right and therefore a person has to know that to spend it where it's supposed to go things that need to be for other people which you're responsible it should go to Charity is ten percent. It's not your money. The ten percent. If you could have, if you can't give miser because you can't, you're, you you can't pay your own bills. You're not obligated to miser because you can't pay your own bills. But if you can pay your own bills, of course you can give miser. Kind of. That's that's even a low ball. If you can pay your bills, of course it's not yours. It's like you you have the ability to choose where to give it to, right? That's what's called Travis Hana. But you got to give charity. It's not it's not an option at that at, at that point. So the second thing is people think they make money. It's my money. You know, it's my, it's not, it's not, it's not your money. And not only it's not your money, you don't even know sometimes where it's going to end up. Sometimes it ends up with somebody you don't even want it to end up with. Right? It goes to places where you don't even imagine. So just remember, no money is for sure yours. And when it's given, it's not always given just for you. That's the second thing that occurs. The third thing a person who has money or power needs to know 
is very often a person has money or power and they, they give out, they do give it but then they demand covered honor thanks you better do you know who I am do you know right um, I'm God I'm the one who supports you and I listen to that clown Donald Trump what a clown right he walks around like he owns the world you ever hear this guy I, I mean you listen to this arrogance like that's why his name is on all his buildings I mean he thinks he's Hashem at some level he he has a God complex right the, uh, these Hispanics work for me they love me they love me they everybody loves me that's how he talks everybody loves me who doesn't love Donald Trump uh, I like his, some of his opinions, by the way. Uh, some. Well, nobody's wrong all the time. Well, no, he's he's right a lot more than some other people, but he's wrong plenty also. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I, 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 clarification. Yeah. I just did the first one. Is that you know it's not it's not all for us, and, and it's what we need for our children, our wives, our children, people who work for us. And the third one, you said she, and then I got lost. Oh, that started right now. He hasn't done it yet. I'm up here. Okay, I'm good because you don't know where it's going to go. No, that's all part of the, the money is not all yours. Okay, okay, yeah. but the third one I didn't. Right know. now. Okay. Yeah. So the third one is when you when you give it and people you demand that people thank you and honor you and that they they owe you and you become arrogant. They have to thank me and then, you know who I am. Do you know who I am? Do you know what I do? Do you know whose name is on this building? Do you know who I am? Do you... Not that Hashem gave him the money and he gets to be this shliach mitzvah, right? Can you imagine, you know, a, a professor, do you know how brilliant I am to share my wisdom with you? How lucky you are to hear my brilliance. How lucky you are to hear my brilliance. I'll never forget this. I think I said this story. I'm not sure if I said this class or another class. When I was a little kid, I was stupid enough to follow sports. And I, there was a baseball player. So when I was a little, I was uh, the, and I grew up in Miami. There was no baseball team. There was minor league baseball. would come there. Uh, spring break would come there. Baseball, by the way, you know that is? You take the, the puck and you hit a field goal. Everyone knows that, right? <laughs> so, uh, right? They have that. It's like soccer. Almost like soccer, right? Soccer, you shoot into that. To the, right? <laughs> uh, so I, 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 this guy David Winfield, he played for the New York Yankees. I'm sure nobody heard of this team. A team called the New York Yankees. So he had a signing in the 163rd Street Mall mm. in Miami Beach, in North Miami Beach. So I told him I saw he's gonna have a card signing. I want to meet Dave Winfield. Okay, I was eight years old. Eight years old. So I go with my father, and I'm walking with this really big athlete and I was really little I was 8 years old and it was about 20 people and he was like there was like the Pied Piper everyone walking around with this guy and he said the guy who's walking must make several million dollars a year he passes by a cookie you know, in the mall one of these places that sell you know these big cookies he says who wants to have buy me the cookie so he talks was, and I'm like look at this guy I didn't even ask him his autograph at the end. Like, I was so turned off. I was like, here I came so excited for my father to get his autograph. I was like, who wants to buy me a cookie? Who's the lucky one? Like, if I, we buy him a cookie, then we're the lucky. We're the lucky ones to buy him a cookie. The guy makes millions of dollars a year. And he's asking, you know... And you know what? And if he did, he should feel like I'm lucky to be a giver, and not and that that's yeah. part of the reason I made it, right? But it is the opposite. And what happens when you're in when you, when you when you're in this position and when you have money and you give, you could feel like now. Of course, the person who's a beneficiary has an obligation of our to say thank you, to so be appreciative. But it's different than the person who's lording over you, right? That this this individual they think they're Hashem at some level they imagine it comes from them it comes I right like Paro if you're in the story of Paro yeah. who is God that I should listen to him right Paro who can enslave the Jewish people where after Yosef had benefited him right who is this God that I should who am Paro is the ultimate you know I'm the one I'm the Mashbir Ars you need me I don't need you right you're lucky that I let you work with me 
You're lucky to be in my presence. You're lucky I support you. Right. You know, I once, actually his grandson was here, his grandson was here, uh, Naftali Rosenstein was here. His grandfather is Joel Rosenstein. He's one of the biggest uh, psychiatrists in New York. And I once heard him say, this is good advice, he's talking about in-laws and their children, their son-laws and daughter-in-laws. He said, there's in-laws and there's outlaws. Right? And an outlaw makes the son-in-law or daughter-in-law feel like, you owe me everything. You, who, do you know who bought this for you? Do you know who gave this to you? Right? Do you know that I helped you? I made you. Right? And there's that, that kind of relationship. Right? Because you're the, is it, it, blinding. Right? Um, the Hamaskil, a person who's in this, the who? Ha'ani. Asher this wealthy person who gives staka and then makes his people feel terrible, or who hires people and then lords over them, he loses out in this world and the next world. People don't respect him or her, and he loses the merit of the good things they could have potentially done in this world. Mahamaskil, but a person who of intelligence, when they're in a position of power or wealth, they're careful about these three things. Do a derechanachayna and therefore they keep their character, they keep who they are as a person, and they keep the world. They don't destroy themselves in the process. They have faith in Hashem. Listen, Hashem gives me this. Right? How lucky I am. You know, I should, Baruch Hashem, Hashem helped me. I can help somebody else in the process. It's not Hashem gave me to share. Right? Thank you for letting me do this. It's a different way of talking. It's a different way of thinking. It's a different way of living, right? Uh, I can make money in business. I remember I was once overhearing two pe- business people, and one guy, one of the other guy, was in one of these. I went with my in-laws to Vail, Colorado, and there's some of the people there were more comfortable. And there's two business people on the side of talking. I was one hearing one of the other. The other guy saying, "These kind of deals are making me uncomfortable." Not that it was illegal, but they're just you know questionable. This kind of deal makes me uncomfortable. Right? See, you don't want to give up your who you are. To be honest, right? Uh, he gave you parnasa. And just like we don't work on Shabbos, and we're not going to work on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, Hashem will give us parnasa if we, we're honest and we do what's right and we pay taxes, right? And you pay our workers on time. And the same thing, you'll be talking that what I get is not just for me, it's to give stocker to, you know? It's giving 10%. If you're making a million dollars, $100,000 is a lot of money, right? And if you're making $150,000, here's where it gets tricky. You're making $150,000, you can pay all your bills, but you want to save up for your retirement. So if I give $15,000, $150,000 after taxes, I give $15,000, I have less for my retirement. Right? So that's for my, now if you're making $150 million a year, and you give $15 million a year, you're not worried about your retirement. Right? And you still give me a lot of money, but you're not, wor- you're not worried about your retirement. You're not making $150,000 a year, and you can pay all your bills. You're a single person, let's imagine. You're paying all your bills. What about my retirement? Right? So, after we talk, it's part of your, Schos is stalker also, right? It's part of the money that I got is not is it's not there for retirement. Of course, it's safe for retirement. Of course, that's due diligence, but it's also to give others. It's re, it's reward in this world. It's reward in the next world for doing. It. And in fact, it gives a better and a better schos to have a better retirement as well. We need you need to be talking to do that, right? Because otherwise, you think about you know my retirement or you know I know somebody they didn't have kids yet and they were nervous about like. Tuitions years in advance. They're making a decent living. But you live with that nervous, like, I can't have this amount of kids, I can't do this, blah, 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 I'm not going to do it. And their, their whole life's being ruined because they're always nervous. Con- doesn't mean you shouldn't be concerned to make proper decisions, but to be constantly nervous. It says, And it says, A person is a person who fears Hashem. So the person who has, has money, should have these three things. They should be honest, do things in the right way. Number two, they should realize that when they get money, it's all for them. It's to share with their family, 
to give to charity. Number three is when you do, you are in the position of giving or sharing. You're not Hashem. <laughs> you're, you shouldn't lord over other people. You should realize you're, you're lucky. You should make other people feel that, that way as well. As I mentioned, this period of Elul is all about bitachon, right? And part of bitachon is doing what we're supposed to do. We should be thinking, oh, now we're working on our bitachon and on our finances, but our bitachon in doing mitzvahs, right? That if we give charity, it makes a difference. If we help do bikur kolm, it'll make a difference. If we uh, if we work on our davening this month, it makes a difference. And if we if we have that perspective, then truly we get Hashem's blessing. Okay, we'll pause here. Thank you very much.